Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And it is too early and I have not had enough coffee. I'm on my first cup of coffee, but I got to sleep in a little bit this morning, so I'm feeling great. Oh, I had a show last night. I went to sleep at like nine (laughs) on a Friday (sighs) night. I'm getting old. That's what's happening. Yeah. I had a show last night (laughs) in Everett, so then driving back after that. I I had one of those... uh, those moments where I remembered that age is just number yesterday. I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, Oh, it was my birthday. And, and Oh yeah. You'll never guess what my wife got me for my birthday. I got a Dyson handheld vacuum cleaner. And I remember thinking to myself, Whoa, that's super awesome. I want, Oh man, I'm, I'm getting to that age. Aren't I? Oh no. Yeah. I guess I would think that any age where you have to clean up messes, but yep. that probably varies. Like a handheld, like a dust, what what they call those dust busters. Uh huh. Yeah, those are neat. I miss, I miss having one of those, but ours, we bought a cheap $20 one and it broke. Yeah, I think I, I splurged for the $35 one and it uh, has a hard time picking up cat litter. Oh, so. what's the point? What is the point? What's the point even? I know. That's I was... all I, that's like 80% of what I would use it for. I was doing a typical dad thing earlier this week and I was organizing my toolbox and trying to sort out screws and stuff and pull out all of the miscellaneous plastic that fall into the bottom and um, remnants of used zip ties and all that. And finally got to the bottom. There's just a bunch of dirt and debris. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go grab the handheld vacuum. I'll just go clean this right up. Yeah. Didn't work so well. It didn't work so well. And then I felt like one, I'm turning into like mega dad and two, I'm not even doing a good job at it. So need, need to step up my mega dad game. Yeah. Yeah. I just cleaned up the house a bit cause my mom's and my mom's in town and she Aww. stayed with us last night. So just making sure that the house wasn't the absolute sty, which is how it usually is. Whatever, I'm busy. I don't want to spend all my free time like organizing and cleaning and crap like that. No, that's fair. That's very reasonable. Well, it's really annoying when like, so I had a show on um, Tuesday, Wednesday, it was like a one-off thing. And this is why like, I need, I need to have the advancing in my hand. I just can't rely on somebody for a show to just tell me the things. And I need to push back for some shows, especially when the front person or the organizer is just a little less experienced with shows because we were told that call time was five, like loading time was five. And me, usually I'm like, okay, that means don't get there before five. Yeah. So then she said that we were sound checking second, but didn't say when the soundtrack was. And she estimated we'd be sound checking at 545. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'll get there at five, 515. Um, so that was a mistake and it looks like everybody made the same mistake because I think everybody was getting the information from the same person because I've never mm-hmm. seen so many musicians and a spot. There were four bands on the bill and one of the bands had eight members. Ooh, that's, I'm like, the, was it a Scott band? No, it was like a woman, a singer songwriter with a very, very, very strong voice. But uh, I'm like, you have two guitarists, you're playing guitar, you have a drummer, you have a bassist, you have a violinist, you have a cellist, and then you have somebody playing uh, banjo and keys. Like, that that for like a 30-minute set, I was like, oh my gosh, that's just too many, that's so much, that's so much for the show. So, so much. I could see it being, I could see that kind of like grouping being really cool, but you, you better tip your sound guy a hell of a lot more. Yeah, that was that was a lot. And just like it's a big stage that we were playing, but because there was like amps from four bands on it, it was a nightmare. We had like no space by the time like us, the first band is up there. And then by the time we sound checked, it was 715. Didn't realize we were going to sound check at 715 until 645 because, again, we were told that there was the headliner was going to sound check and the first band was going to sound check and everyone else was getting line checks. But then the sound person, probably because she saw that 
there was an eight person band up there. It was like, we can't line check this. They have to have everything up there now. And uh, we ended up checking at 7.15 and then we were on at eight. I was like, I've missed my dinner window and I was so hangry and so pissed. But I knew that sounded wrong and I didn't say anything. So I just, I got to say things. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Like, it was, yeah, not, not my favorite situation. Well, sorry to hear that. But how did the show go overall, aside from the shenanigans? It was fine. I mean, it was the only show I'm playing with, with that particular group, just because I, I don't have time to, for it. Uh <laughs> But I was, we were between songs and I just hear some, a male voice from the crowd yell, Emily. What? And I knew exactly, I knew exactly who it was. My, my brother's, uh, one of the people who works with my brother a lot um, and a friend of mine, uh, he, I guess was, came for another one of the bands and walks in the door and there's his one of his best friends, little sisters on the stage. And uh, so Shane, 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 as we call him. I love that guy. He's, he's the best, a very enormous supporter of live music. Fun. Go Shane. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then I got to go to Hattie's hat and ate my hangover burger and just like rage. I tried to take my time eating it, but it was a bit of a rage eat. I'm like, I'm going to eat this burger right now. I've earned it. Well, R.I.P. that burger. It lived. It lived its life. It, it served its purpose. It made me happy. The cow did not die in vain. No, neither. And the chicken did not lay that egg in vain. The bacon was not sliced from a, a belly in vain. Wow, we're really getting all of the animals on Old McDonald's farm. Yeah, that's true. That, that's I guess true. that's why they say Old McDonald had a farm. Yes. Well, I uh, I made an effort this week to regain, um, or at least live vicariously through myself for once, uh, a little bit of youthful spontaneity. And I was about to go to sleep. I think it was Tuesday night, and i i had a, a, I needed one of those like evenings in where I wasn't doing a whole lot, um, mm-hmm. and I was watching a little bit of of Star Wars. You know. As one does. And then I have my laptop open because I can't do just one thing to relax. I mean, I got to at least be slightly productive. And so I was doing a little bit of um, running some numbers around with my gear budget as I was trying to sell. I had just sold something that day. Uh, I actually just sold a a combo amp. And I was like, oh, I've got like a little bit more money than I thought I had kicking around my gear fund. And I, well, I know I need... Um, a new base at some point because my current base is getting to the point where I wouldn't want to gig it, but it'd be fine for noodling around. But I'm supposed to be playing. Is it, was that the one with like the truss rod issue, or yeah? So the truss rod's bottomed out on it, right? Which is fine. I've got really light strings on it as far as bases go, so it it it's good enough. But the action's been slow over the last few years has been slowly coming up on the twelfth fret. It's just starting to get to that point where I'm like, well, I've ha- I paid fifty dollars for this bass in 2011. Hmm. I've hmm. played the hell out of it for almost a decade now, so I've got my fifty bucks out of it. I think it. I think I can safely say maybe it's time to start shopping for a new bass. So I started poking around and I was looking at everything from um, Reverb.com, which I always. I'm shocked by how much it is to ship instruments. Uh, I was looking at parts caster bases and like, like, Oh, what, what would it look like for me to cobble together based from a couple different websites like stratosphere and warmoth. And uh, I found this beautiful uh, shell pink base from shock Chicago music exchange. Mm, yes. That but Mustang. I really want that little out of my price range right now, but gorgeous. I mean, I'm not looking for like a top tier instrument. I'm looking for something that's going to play well and look decent. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I knew for sure is that I wanted a PJ pickup configuration and pass, and then some sort of Fender style. Past that, I was pretty open to a Jag bass, a uh, jazz bass, or a P bass. I just I wanted specifically that PJ because I've always enjoyed the versatility of that pickup combination. 
I was heading to sleep and I was like, you know what? I haven't checked Craigslist in a, in a while. Why don't I just type in base to Seattle and see what happens? And lo and behold, the Squire Vintage Modified Jag Base pops up. Nice. For a really solid price. So like the kind of solid price you're like, is this stolen? Right. Is there something seriously wrong with this? What's going on? So I, um, I texted the guy, um, and was like, "Hey, is this still available? You gotta tell me a little bit more about it." Turns out this dude's taking great care of it. Comes with a case. Uh, it's got a really nice set of flat wounds on it. He's done a zero nut conversion. Oh, okay. Which is actually kind of fun on bases. I really. I actually don't dislike that at all, especially if you're going to run with flat wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a scratch on this thing. I mean, it's, I mean, it's on the bench right behind me, but it it doesn't hardly have a scratch. It's black with a matching headstock, mother of pearl block inlays. Nice. And I'm looking at this going, are you kidding me? And so I was like, I should be going to sleep because I've got to be up for work in like a few hours, but yeah, that, that, I'm going to that. It had been up for like three days. I'm like shocked how that made it Jeez. for the weekend. Was it on like OfferUp? No, it was on Craigslist. Oh well, I don't know how many, I don't know if people use Craigslist like they used to. A lot of people do. I, I've definitely oh. I haven't used it as much up here in Seattle, but I used it like crazy down in L.A. And there's always crazy good deals. And there's admittedly a couple of times where I gone to pick something up. And I'm like, I think this might be stolen. And I've definitely called in police departments to be like, hey, I had a sketchy Craigslist in, uh, experience. Can you just run this serial to see if it belongs to someone mm-hmm. else? Um, which my buddy actually did have that happen. It turned out uh, he bought a mandolin that totally did belong oh, to someone that else. And, That's bad for him. Uh, I mean, he was planning on flipping that and the other party offered to pay him what he paid the, uh, the person okay. who sold it. So he get he got his money back, which is really generous, and that was awesome. But, um, anyways, yeah. So I, I on a whim hit the ATM, drove down to White Center at like 10 p.m. and went to go pick up the space. It was actually the the gentleman was super kind, and uh, he was telling me all about it. And he had like his own like collection of bases, and just trying to thin out the herd a little bit. Wanted to see it go to someone who would use it. Well, congrats, congratulations. I, I'm i pretty excited. Yeah. I'm actually really excited. I've been noodling on it quite a bit this week, and it feels really, really good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I have a couple new things. All right. I have... Oops, sorry. Stretching. It's very early. Very early. Very early. And once you start stretching, you can't stop stretching. Um, I got... Uh, a f- I haven't been able to plug it in yet, but... Chris Isaac from Atlantic Pedal Company made me a fuzz called the For Fuzz Sake. Yes. Just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I didn't hear about that. I wasn't. It kind of happened really quickly and out of nowhere, honestly. Uh, So that was really, really sweet of him. I can't wait to to take this thing for a ride. But uh, it's pink and blue. Nice. And... it's got two knobs, and he told me more about it, and I have forgotten everything he told me about it. I got it yesterday, um, but the only and I, I just haven't had time to plug it in because uh, again, I've had family in town, I've had a bunch of gigs, so I'm probably not going to be able to even like plug it in until next week, which sucks. I hate having gear and like new things come in, and you're like, oh, I'm just so busy. Like I have my mom's in town till Sunday. I have a rehearsal on Monday. I think maybe Tuesday might be in the cards for me, but I'm really excited. That can you send me a picture of that like right this moment? Is that is that possible? It's it is not. My I am <sighs> sorry, it's like I'm I I un, I I loaded out a lot of the amps and the drum kits yesterday for the show, so there's like a wall between of of stuff between it and me right now, but he might have sent me a picture. Let me see. Uh, 
I this is I can't believe I didn't hear about this sooner. I'm blown away. This is awesome. I've been super bad about like communicating this this year so far. It's been not my not my proudest thing. I've just been very like I don't know how to talk anymore. Oh, here's a picture. Forward picture to Andrew. I also got the Chase Bliss mood though, but we can talk about the Atlanta Pedal Company pedal more. Yeah. Whoa. And an Dude, that's that faded sparkle <laughs> is sick. It's so cool, yes. I agreed. I, I don't agreed care, it's sick. When he sent me a picture, he's like, uh, I've messed up. <laughs> I'm like, I like it. No, that that's what Bob Ross likes to call a happy little accident. Oh wait, sorry, that's what my parents called me. Whoops. Ouch. Uh <laughs> I kid, I That's kid. That's like a I little kid. bit like the, uh, what do they say, the pot <laughs> call in the kettle, uh, cast iron. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so I'm really excited about that uh, pedal. I got the Chase Bliss Mood, finally. And, oh my gosh, it's everything that people said is. It is inspirational. It's, it, like, I... I, yeah, I thought I would get it and like not Hashtag quite understand mood. how people would use it in a live setting that wasn't like ambience, ambiance, ambient music. Um, but after playing it, like, no, I, I get it. This this pedal, right. I can see using it for my main band gig several times. So, um, but yeah, it's truly truly a special pedal and just yeah wow it's very cool i don't have a lot else to say about it yeah i'll be doing a demo I, i've been, i've spent maybe 30 minutes with it yeah i think i'm just hungry right now because now i'm just thinking of like you said cast iron and i immediately went to steak and then i said hot diggity dog and subconsciously i was thinking back to the chili dogs that i had for yeah Super we're Bowl, having a big family brunch like, at 10 30 so mm. Food. I just had split uh, an English muffin with my mother and because I just I wouldn't have made it through this episode. I'm like, I'm just really hungry and grumpy and tired. Yeah, I, I, I'm i getting through this episode uh, one caramel at a time with a uh, tub of Costco dark chocolate sea salt nice. caramels. But that I guess that's uh, my unofficial sponsor for this content. My unofficial sponsor for this content is Atlantic Pedal Company. Atlanta Pedal Company. Atlanta Ooh. Pedal Company. Just repeat it like a radio ad. What? Atlanta what Pedal called? Company. Atlanta Pedal Company. Who is that? Atlanta Pedal Company. <laughs> Not the Pacific Pedal Company. Atlanta Pedal Company. <laughs> to be more Pacific. Ah. I took it as Georgia, and then I uh, sent him a for fuss sake hat because, well, of course, I needed to do that. Uh, well, yeah. He is in Georgia. Hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Well, actually. On my mind? Okie dokie. Atlanta. Um, so, uh, we should probably get into the topic. It's been about 20 minutes. Give or take, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can talk about... I guess we should probably talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off on it? Uh, sure. I'll kick us off on it. Uh, I don't have anything witty to open up this uh, this topic with because it's a little on the heavy side, yeah. but not like in like a heavy metal sort of way, just like in a like it's we're, we're going to go there. Pause for effect. Uh, so today we're going to talk about health insurance, and that's something that's been talked about quite a lot in the news, in the media, both inside and outside of the music industry lately. And yeah, well, I don't want to just say health insurance, but just healthcare as a whole, and the, specifically the American healthcare system as it relates to uh, people in the music and gear industries. So for our Canadian listeners, you can listen to this and then chuckle. And then apologize for it later. Yeah, and but we know your apology oh, will be sincere. It's just a no, no, no. I, I, I really think all Canadian apologies are sincere. Every Canadian I've ever talked to said, "Oh yeah, but we're not really sorry." I don't know. The accent gets me every time. Yeah. All right. So, uh, more serious note. Um, this past 
ah, gosh, 12 months has seen some uh, really terrible things happen to people who are really beloved in the, in the pedaling gear and music industries. Um, firstly, Mike Trombley of Native Audio Effects, who you uh, heard on our two-parter about trolls, was in a really terrible car accident and is still in, re in um, recovery uh, for that, physical therapy and things like that. Uh, and then more recently, um, do you want to talk about it a little, Andrew? Uh, yeah. So for those of you who may not be aware, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Juan Alderete, who is an absolute legend of a bass player um, who's done all kinds of work um, from Racer X to Mars Volta to Marilyn Manson. I mean, the, the dude's an absolute animal, has done some awesome stuff. Um, more recently, he's been doing pedals and effects with Nick Reinhardt. Um, he got into a cycling incident uh, probably, what, about a month ago now? It would have been like right before NAM, And he was wearing all of his protective gear, but unfortunately, he uh, ended up in a coma from it. And he's been slowly recovering. I've been, uh, the, the, the update just came out yesterday. He is starting to recover. His eyes are opening. He's being slightly responsive. Um, so we're seeing really great things, but the, the, mm -hmm. it's been a heartbreaking thing to watch for updates and sending all prayers, thoughts, good vibes out to him and his wife. Anne. it's, it's been a, it's been pretty heavy on my heart lately. And right. that's kind of the synopsis of what we're looking at. And if you're before we get too much farther in this episode, there is a GoFundMe. Uh, if you have the ability to to give anything, please, because th they need it. And more importantly, I think we all need one in this industry. Mm -hmm. He's just always been at the top of everyone's like biggest sweethearts in the industry list. And I remember he came to the guitar the guitar store in Seattle last year. He and Nick did. Um, for a, a pedal demo and it was just gosh that that guy just exudes joy and yeah I it's just amazing I, I can't do that it's yeah he just seems like the best the number of like stories I've heard about uh, uh of him being an absolute sweetheart and a champion of other people and building other folks up mm -hmm. um, being an uh, an icon in the the Mexican American uh, community. I mean, that what a legend. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'll link to the GoFundMes for, for, for Mike and Juan in the show notes. Um, but that kind of brings us to this idea of, and, and why I, uh, what Andrew said, health insurance, and why I wanted to say uh, healthcare as a whole in America. It's because uh, while I personally do love seeing communities gear up and uh, give money to people who need it uh, for their health care. Um, it sucks so hard that we don't have a system in place that just help, takes care of people. As far as I know, uh, Juan had health insurance. As far as I know, Mike had health insurance. But it, these costs, even with health insurance, are outrageous. And it's, it's heartbreaking that in uh, this developed nation, uh, especially people who are self-employed, like most pedal builders and musicians, uh, like health insurance is so expensive to have. And then when you have it, it doesn't take care of the things that you need it to take care of. I mean, I've been in instances where I've been as somebody with a nine to five and what I thought was very good health insurance went to a hospital that was covered under my insurance only to find out that a couple doctors poked their heads into the room who worked on my insurance. For some reason, this hospital would hire and bring in people that weren't covered under my insurance. And I was hit with a thousand dollar bill for something that should have been covered. And, uh, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get them to lower it or change it. And I remember asking them, am I supposed to ask every doctor who pokes their head into my room? Are you under my insurance? And uh, of course the, the representative for my health insurance company said, no. Like, so what are, what are people supposed to do? It's, it's a lose, lose situation in, in healthcare today. And 
I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, now that I've done my little soapbox um, to talk about, well, I know that Andrew, that you want to talk about um, your experience with um, different types of healthcare, because that's something that you have on a, on a personal level. And then we could talk about options that do exist for, uh, especially for musicians in, in the world in, in terms of uh, getting better healthcare. Yeah. So, I mean, and just to pitch in for my analysis of what I kind of see as an issue is I, is someone who tends to be overwhelmingly idealistic and I, I tend to be someone that looks at something and says, Oh, that's a problem. I wish we had a way to fix it and kind of just not leaving it there, but that's kind of my first gut. And so I, I, my first gut reaction. So I look at the state of healthcare and I go, oh, man, this is, really kind of a bummer because I feel like there's not really a good option for people, even if they're doing their best and doing what they can. And that, that kind of just puts me in a very, um, uh, almost like a, a helpless kind of state of mind. Yeah. I, 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 I won't sit here and claim that I've got any sort of answers for what should change with the system. All I know is that something's got to give. This is, uh, again, coming from a very idealistic point of view, but for a little bit of background for where I'm coming from on the issue. Uh, I grew up as a military brat, I, which means I grew up with government funded health insurance my entire life. And I've had some good experiences and I've had some bad experiences. And what I can tell you is specifically, I've never, bef while I was on TRICARE, which is the military health insurance, I never had to wonder should I seek treatment or is this going to jeopardize my ability to pay rent, uh, pay my tuition money? And I know that my, my adult experience with TRICARE was limited. I only had it through college. Uh, so the only a few years of my adult life, but those are some years where I had a lot going on financially is trying to pay my own way through college. And I mean, having that sort of security meant I could focus on the other things in life. And the couple of times I, I actually three times I ended up in the ER in college <laughs> Whoa, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, completely different stories uh, for another time. But they were medically necessary. And I didn't have to worry about not being able to make my tuition money, having to drop out of college for stuff that wasn't in my control for these medical emergencies. And I can tell you that when I graduated from college and got married that was kind of a double whammy that disqualified me for staying on military health insurance that was a completely rude awakening for me um realizing that, oh my goodness like i don't really have great options and oh it's not during the enrollment period i can't just sign up without my employer and why do i have to be employed to sign up for this and i but only some employers, especially for entry level positions, offer that kind of any sort of healthcare. And even the ones that do, it's usually not good healthcare. And it's the last few years has been a ridiculous journey of, of a wake up call trying to figure out what it looks like to navigate the system in the US. And I understand that there are parts of adulthood where you've just got to, you just got to deal with, you got to figure it out, suck it up, and do it because that's what you got to do to um, take care of your duties to society and to be able to take mm -hmm. care of your family. I get that. I'm not trying to say that, Oh, I I'm lazy. I shouldn't have to take care of anything, but it, for reference, I have been working hard my entire adult life. I've had a job since I was 13 with very few, very short lived stints of unemployment. And I found myself I, I, being told that I needed a, a medical um, I had to have heart surgery and I had to put that off several years until I had better health That's insurance. That's the same. That's and terrible. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't a procedure that was going to immediate, like if I didn't get, it wasn't going to immediately kill me, but it was going to have health ramifications. It did have ramifications for my day-to-day -day living. And it's a, I had to live with that condition until I could um, get surgery. And I finally got surgery coming up on two years ago now. And life is, my health and life and well-being have been significantly better since then. But even with good health insurance, with a full-time employer uh, working at, in a, a, a well-respected environment, um, at a really decent place in my career early on, I still had to pay ridiculous amount of money out of pocket. 
even with like the best health insurance that might right even with even if you have a low deductible that doesn't mean that (laughs) that doesn't mean that that's your max out of pocket because sometimes that like if your deductible is two thousand dollars your max out of pocket can still be a lot more and then i'm sure they'll still find ways to make you pay more money on top of that well right i mean i did a few couple months ago i'm trying to think um this last fall i was still getting bills for it um and it's it's been a ridiculous process and I'm not saying this is a sob story. No. I'm really not. I'm saying, uh, because the reality is, is I'm better now. I was in a place where I could get it taken care of. And I know full well that this pales in comparison to some of the stories that I'm sure our listeners and, um, certainly the greater U S has to, right. has to tell. And, yeah. It's just, it, it, I'm not going to even say that it, affects musicians and people in the gear industry disproportionately but it really does seem to because like one of the reasons you have good health insurance and i have good health insurance is because of that full-time employment health insurance and then so many Mm -hmm. people as i said are self-employed i just was reading a story on twitter yesterday that this tour manager uh, her doctor said you need this knee surgery you need this knee surgery she's on her feet all the time she's you know everything from club tours to stadium tours that's her job and she's on she has to be on her feet right and her doctor said you have to have the surgery <clears throat> two days before the surgery her health insurance comes back and says ah, we don't think you need it like you the health insurance is saying they know more than the doctor who's actually seen her they say oh it's not medically necessary like, who are you to say this right right but um yeah, so it's going to suck. Like health insurance is it's it's not great right now. There are options for people who um are in the music industry. Uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we Let's spend a little Can we spend a little time on that? Absolutely. I, I don't want to get too far into the stakes of like, oh, like this is how awful things are because I'm sure we could we could talk for hours about what the issue is. I think we've pretty well established that we've got at least an issue in terms of stability, guarantee, any sort of reassurance that we, any of us will be taken care of even yeah. with a solid day job. And for those of us in the industry who don't have that to that level, I'm you be as responsible as you want. And all it takes is a, a bicycle incident and we, we've got a GoFundMe going and, and I'm happy to do what I can to, to, with my financial resources to help one. And it's a beautiful, what yeah. I can help. it's a beautiful thing to help others. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not trying to discount that whatsoever, no, but, but we're just saying like that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be necessary. There's that level of heartbreak and certainly that level of at least an idealistic sense of, I want the folks in this industry to be taken care of. I want the folks in this industry to live and be healthy and to try and support them because I love all the folks in this community mm-hmm. and I want to see us all thrive. So um, options. I'm going to start with a local organization that I think is really cool. Uh, it's local to Seattle. It's called SMASH, which stands for Seattle Musicians Access to Sustainable Healthcare. Um, and it, it talks about so this is a kind of a new organization. I think it's only a couple years old. Um, I think actually it's kind of, it's kind of coincidental. Um, when Juan and Nick were at the guitar store, smash was there discussing what they do. <clears throat> and so they try to, uh, I, I think it's kind of small enrollment still, but um, it, it talk, they look at the unique health concerns musicians face uh, such as taxed hearing and vocal cords, repetitive motion in- injuries, um, and things like that. And they have uh, health and dental care that they offer. And uh, so it's like they have these um, hearing clinics that they do with the University of Washington, uh, speech and hearing services. Uh, so you can set up pre-screenings through them. There are some uh, dental services you can take advantage of. Uh, Smash members can have access to low and no-cost preventative um, dental care. Uh, and then just general preventative health care uh, with some nonprofit health clinic groups uh, 
I guess the examples of that here are uh, Neighbor Care, Health Point, Country Doctor, and a few others. Uh, and then SMASH uh, subsidizes preventative health care visits and associated labs. Oh, that was a link to open up an email, which is not what I meant to click. Uh, so not every community has these kind of things, but uh, if, check in your local area, see if this is uh, available to you. Like Smash members get uh, access to uh, hearing screening and custom molded earplugs. And that's, that's, that's our career. That's our livelihood is our hearing. Um, so it, check that out if you're in Seattle. If you're not in Seattle, uh, look to see if there's anything similar in your neighborhood or city. Let us know. Uh, we'll we'll help share that. Um, if this is something that you that really lights your fire, I say reach out to the people at Smash. Uh, SmashSeattle.org. See if maybe you can maybe you can talk with them and you can discuss ways to get something like this going. Uh, in your town. Uh, but I, what I love about Seattle is that it, it seems like we really do value our, our artists um, in ways that maybe they're not valued in other places. Uh, we could value our artists more, but that's a, that's a different episode. <clears throat> so that's Seattle. Uh, I know. Did you watch the Grammys? I did not watch the Grammy, Grammys. I saw some highlights, but I didn't watch watch them. Oh, well, I don't think that people really know that um, the Recording Academy is the organization that uh, runs the Grammy Awards. Um, but in my opinion, the only truly great thing about the Grammy organization, the recording organization, is Music Cares. Have you heard of Music Cares? I have heard about it. I don't know a whole lot about it. So their mission statement is basically, it says, providing a safety net of critical assistance for music people in times of need, music people is a very weird thing to say. <clears throat> um, but they offer a wide range of financial, medical, and personal emergencies. Um, I have friends who music cares help them through uh, some major health trials and tribulations. Um, people I've worked with in Seattle, friends in Nashville. Um, it's it's the like I said, the guard about the Recording Academy, I think, is and it's what more of what I think that the Recording Academy should be and should do is helping its members and its musicians. Um, <clears throat> but like they offer some some services. Um, they offer financial addiction recovery assistance. So these are short term. This is short term assistance for uh, personal needs, health needs, or addiction needs. Um, it can be awarded for things such as paying rent, paying for your car, your insurance premium, paying utilities, your medical dental expenses, psychotherapy, addiction treatment, sober living, and other personal expenses. Um, so there are some eligibility requirements there. Uh, a minimum of five years employment in the music industry. And I think they define that as at least half of your income coming from music-related resources. Uh and this is the harder, the harder one. So six commercially released recordings or videos, but that's also just general Grammy membership requirements there. Um, right. And commercial, I, for the record, don't fully understand what that means. I think, I think that can be self-released music. I don't think that has to be uh, an official affiliation with a label. That would definitely um, be a good question to ask for follow-up and clarification. Yeah. So, like, I have an EP that has six songs on it. Um, I made it to sell it. I'm not sure if that would count as commercial recordings. And you didn't win a Grammy? Come on. Wasn't even nominated. Wasn't even nominated. All right. Make excuses. Yeah. So, like, Smash, like the Seattle local one, that's more for local musicians, like people who are living... The, the recording academy uh is you know the next tier up and uh and that's kind of uh where it where it seems to end otherwise uh your health insurance is probably going through the marketplace and that's very expensive 
Yeah. Uh, Marketplace is crazy expensive if you're just trying to sign up, um, even just for like one person in terms of like monthly cost. It can be more than rent easy. Yeah. Yep. And that's why uh, GoFundMes are going to be, I think, the norm unless we socialize our healthcare and oh no socialization oh no i i tend with my personal experience with socialized healthcare i tend to be pretty open to that at the same time i i'm not fully up to date and fully knowledgeable in what the solution should be or what will actually fix anything all i know is that something's got to give and anybody who's got a solution for uh i'm willing to give it a shot i i'm pretty open to this point. yeah because i mean if we don't try anything, people who can't afford to live will just not be able to live. Uh, it's like there's some study that came out that said uh, women who own horses are likely to live longer. And that's one of those beautiful correlation does not imply causation things. Well, I'm like, well, if you're a woman who can afford a horse, you can probably afford some pretty dope health care. Yeah, I mean, I could see yeah. that. Correlation definitely does not... Uh, imply causation and that's something i think a lot of clickbait type articles um i mean that's why you see articles like every other month like wine is bad for you wine is good for you a A glass of wine a day will give you cancer yeah i mean i just it and on that note i kind of just assume that everything will give me cancer at some point so i just kind of do what i'm gonna do but yeah that's true the point being kills you i mean guaranteed yeah, I mean, death guaranteed for everybody at death some point. And, death <laughs> and taxes. I remember you earlier when we started this episode, you're like, you want to talk about taxes? And I said, I'd rather talk about death. <laughs> so we've, we've come full circle. Oh. Yep. And this just got nihilistic real quick. That's fine. It's fair. It's early. So it's okay to be nihilistic this early in the morning. Episode just got as dark as my coffee. Ah, uh, too dark. <laughs> yeah. I guess I need a new overdrive pedal. I guess. No, just about right. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about healthcare? Um, What I do want to make as a caveat is I'm not trying to make a political statement with anything I've said on this episode. And I know it. I know you are. (laughs) I'm I'm saying that I'm not trying to endorse any candidates. I'm not trying to push anybody in particular direction. All I'm trying to do is I'm sharing my personal experience. I'm sharing my assessment of what I think an issue is. I am recognizing that even with the options that we've gone over in the, this episode, those are admittedly limited. And uh, and it's kind of a bummer. And why I want to see a solution for how we can, we can prop up this industry a little bit more. And I think I just want to end with something that I've seen crop up a couple of times is for anybody that says oh well if you can't afford if you can't um afford to be a musician or whatever and uh then you you should just get a day job and be a corporate shill and kind of that that sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality which i feel like i'm attacking myself with because i do have a corporate day job but i digress for anybody who's saying that i just let's take a moment and let's think about all the ways that artists have influenced us from day to day. I can't imagine a world where we live, excuse me, without walking through a grocery store, not hearing music. They're not being music on the radio. Okay, I, I, yeah. I mean, sorry. The, the, if you listen to the Charlie bliss episode, uh, you'll remember us talking about this a little bit. Um, but basically like, Andrew, you and I haven't talked about this. My thought is that if you are the kind of person who says like, oh, if you can't afford to be a musician, then you should just give up on music. And, or anybody who says they don't want to pay for art because that really is the root of the problem. Uh, if you don't want to pay for mm-hmm. art, then you don't get to you don't get to consume art. You don't get to listen to music in the car. You don't get to listen to music in a restaurant. You don't get to listen to music in a shopping center and see how freaking weird it is to be surrounded by silence all the damn time. You don't get to read books. You don't get to watch TV. You don't get to consume content on the internet. How boring and terrible would your life be? But you just don't put a value on this because it just seems to exist in the ether. And that's so upsetting. And then you say that people, oh, if you can't afford to be a musician, if you can't, if you can't afford healthcare as a musician, you shouldn't be a musician. Look at Juan. Juan is by 
all measures a very successful musician. Certainly had help. Mm-hmm. With a 30 plus year career that's had all, I mean, he's won Grammys. I, am, I mean, and I imagine there's... he has healthcare. I imagine it's probably good healthcare compared to a lot of what a lot of people have. And still, this traumatic injury is they need help. And that's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I, I, I'm inclined to 100% agree with that. The only caveat I'd add to that is I, the flip side being is I don't think that should be a license for people to to just be a mediocre musician and um, still get paid out at tons for it. I mean, it's still like we're not saying that this is a way to excuse people to kind of do what they love for a living. This is our, this is very much a recognition that this is a profession. This is something that gives a lot of value to society and that even people who excel in their craft have a hard time coming up with the the means to provide for themselves and their families i mean that that that's where we're starting to get an issue here i'm, I'm not suggesting that your average teenager in the bedroom should be getting paid out five dollars to listen by spotify no but i mean at the same time there are people who are getting very rich on the work of musicians and then aren't paying the musicians and i think that like if you're a band okay so for example again charlie because we talked about money with charlie bliss um the they were selling out clubs. They were doing very well on tour. They've had placements uh, on TV shows. Uh, their music gets played on the radio. Their music is streams on Spotify. They sell merch. And at the same time, Eva was like, people think that just because like they see all these Instagram pictures of us getting flown to like Singapore to play shows or whatever that I'm rolling in. And she's like, the truth is I can barely afford to pay my rent. And that sucks. Like that's because that's successful by every measure of like being an independent musician. And still, it's so hard to make a living. And it's not because people aren't into her art or their art. It's because the systems aren't treating, they're, they're not benefiting the people who are actually creating the art. And I, I think that's, uh, I think that's good. And I think that, gives us a good way to end the episode. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of soapboxed again. Uh, I mean, you had a lot to contribute to that soapbox. Yeah. I get very upset when I think about it. Well, and I don't blame you for being, both of us have friends in this industry who are directly affected by this. And I can think off the top of my head uh, across a list of, personal friends and acquaintances that i mean this directly affects i mean this is this is incredibly relevant for for the music industry and i i know it's one of those i don't want to talk about it too much because then it gets political but to a degree i'm not sure if this is even political or if it's just trying to speak up and be like this is just like basic human needs here yeah and people can True. disagree with me all they want, whether or not that's basic human needs. But I mean, people will say that uh, yeah. people will say that until they're the ones in that position. And yes, be going through all of doing everything right on your bicycle. Someone can still kill you dead with their car. And that that's very personal for me. Also, that's my absolute nightmare. I've been kicked off of juries because I ride a bike and conveyed that my biggest fear in the world was someone killing me with their car or killing my loved one, my husband with a car. So yes, on that note, uh, if you like our podcast, give us, give us an old uh, five-star review on the iTunes and uh, a little review so you can support us on Patreon and you can buy our, 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 our swag. Depends on how much you want to support us. Speaking of support. So if you listen to our podcast every week, if you're a weekly listener, even if you're every couple of weeks kind of listener, if you are benefiting from what we're doing for you and if we're providing something of value, please consider just $1 a month. You won't notice the dollar missing, but we will totally notice it. It makes a huge difference for us. We are a relatively low production value podcast. We're trying to do this as responsibly as we can to make the most out of every donation that we get and to be able to pass along uh, the support that we have from the show onto others who need it. So $1 a month, it would make a huge difference for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said. Well, um, I think this is where we leave you. 
So thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. I'm Emily. My name is Andrew. Goodbye. One, two, Bye. three.